Hello, and welcome to season two of Coffee and Code. I'm your host, Ashley Coffee. Coffee and Code is here to help bridge the gap between technology and people through each informative episode. On this show, you'll hear exclusive interviews with experts and innovators in the tech space. No matter your level of expertise or ability, I believe you can be excited, informed, and empowered to learn how the rapidly evolving tech world impacts your daily life. Subscribe to Coffee and Code to be notified when new episodes go live. You can also find me on Twitter at AshleyCoffee underscore and on Instagram at AshleyRCoffee89. Thanks for listening and welcome to Coffee and Code. Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Code. I'm your host, Ashley Coffee. I'm excited to have a really awesome guest on the show with us today. He is multifaceted, he is a data visualization expert, and his name is Travis Tester. You're going to talk about data and why it's important and how it can empower people to visualize data in their lives. So Travis, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ashley. I'm really happy to be here. And real quick, before we begin, I'd like to give a shout out to Rebecca behind the scenes for helping out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, snaps to Rebecca. For those of you listening, Rebecca is my assistant. She's amazing. I do a lot of things and I couldn't do a lot of what I do without her. So thanks, that's Rebecca. right. Thanks for that's the shout right. out there. For sure. And also I want to say I'm just a big fan of the name of the podcast, Coffee and Code. Oh, I drink well, like a pot of coffee a day. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Yes. You're, you're a brand advocate. Someone told me recently that I should call um, the listeners coffee beans. What do you think about that? <laughs> I, I can dig it. I can dig it for sure. Like Lady Gaga's little monster has got coffee beans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. We turn coffee into code. And you know, yeah. I, have the la- I have the lamest tech joke is uh, in the morning when I get my coffee, I say, installing Java. <laughs> and then all my IT coworkers just laugh and roll their eyes at me. So yeah, mm. anyways, I'm glad to be here. Coffee and Code, it's been a long time coming and just want to say hi to all the listeners. Thank you, Travis. I'm so excited for you to be on here because data visualization isn't really a topic that I've dove into on the show and you're the perfect person for this. Data visualization is just a whole world. I subscribe to the subreddit Data is Beautiful Mm -hmm. and a lot of other things. And I think that subreddit really convinced me the power of data visualization. So um, before we kind of dive in, Travis, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yes, uh, I currently work as a data analyst for a company called MyCare Integrated Software Solutions. They're based here in Oklahoma City. And uh, prior to that, I uh, formally taught at the Oklahoma uh, City University over there on 23rd and Blackwelder in the studio design department. I taught a lot of graphic design courses, publication courses, also web development and web design. And I also, before that, um, taught at UCO. And their uh, fine arts department as well and i taught a lot of like uh business management and digital media type courses so pretty much an adobe instructor for (laughs) five years or so for a lot of that um and some other technologies in there as well 
That's awesome. So I feel like you saw a lot of technology change during your course of teaching, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, and then even just as a student, too. Uh, and then just a lot of that was with social media and, you know, watched all the, you know, creative cloud products develop over a decade um, as a student and an educator there. And web design's come a really long way as well. Um, you know, Webflow is super cool. I'm not really using Squarespace or Wix or any of those other players anymore. So, yeah, lots of different shifts have happened Uh different screen sizes uh, <laughs> yeah, right. lot, yeah lots of really cool new tech has happened the last decade and the one coming up is going to be even oh crazier we really are on the like the doorsteps of the fourth industrial revolution and i feel yeah. like it's like ooh, it's going to explode it's, it's going to be exciting be driven by ai and data exactly which is why it's important to understand that data because yep. everything that we do has a data point attached to it. I heard a wild yes, yes. statistic the other day that um, it wasn't data points, but it was like the amount of like marketing messages we get every day. It's 10,000. Yeah. 10, yeah. That blew my mind too. And I, I was like, no way. And then I woke up and I started trying to like count throughout the day. I was like, yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Um, so Travis, you've told us a little bit more about yourself. Now tell us a little bit more about what you do. Like, what does your day-to-day -day look like? What are your, your things that you're uh, diving into data visualization wise? Yeah. Um, so my work as a healthcare analyst has, uh, been super, uh, you know, has a lot of variety to it. Um, so predominantly the most of this year I've been working on cannabis related data for, um, all the testing labs in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, making sure that they are uh, being able to detect certain analytes in the product that they're able to and try, kind, trying to keep the quality assurance of that product high for cannabis consumers within the state. And but I do other types of work too, but and on the day in and day out, um, you know, build a lot of dashboards within a program called Tableau, which is owned by Salesforce. Uh, really powerful business intelligence tool. Um, its competitor is uh, Microsoft. Power BI, if you've heard of that one as well. So those are kind of the two players when it comes to visualizing your data in a business setting for an organization. Um, so if you're looking to, you know, grab some new skills, that's a great uh, tool to put on your belt. Tableau, super big fan of it. It's changed my life learning how to use Tableau. Um, but I also that's do a lot huge. of, yeah, it's it's super. It's granting a lot of popularity. And it's really fun. Kind of a fun tool to use. It can be a little yeah. wonky sometimes, but true. <laughs> that's but most programs, if you know right? It, then right. you have you just have so much um, possibilities. But I want to say, like, if anyone's listening, if you want job security, get a certification in Tableau or Power BI, and you're yeah. set. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of are for sure. It's it's highly sought out skill. Um, you know, data analyst is kind of an entry point into data, the world of data, and um, SQL. Tableau, those are the, the things that recruiters are looking for, absolutely. Um, but other than that, I do get to use a lot of UX and UI design in my day-to-day. -day. Um, so I use Adobe XD for that. Uh, that helps a lot in designing dashboards and digital products for, for data-driven products, like um, a lot of apps, softwares as a service, which is you know, SaaS, and then you know, web design and then web development, things like that, that are like kind of the, um, the front end of data entry, you know, for certain websites and things like that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then we also get to do a little bit of programming and coding as well. You know, R and Python are in, in the mix and Ooh, obviously yes. some Great SQL. Yes. Shout out to both of those. And uh, obviously tons of meetings and stand-ups and agile sprints and discovery. And that takes up a lot of my day as well. Um, but it's always fun. You know, you're either designing, developing. Um, lately, what I've been learning is Snowflake database mm. yes data lake warehouse it can do it all it's a really impressive technology it's super easy to use so um i'm starting to get into data engineering a little bit as well wow. and trying to be able to stand up databases load data in by creating like pipelines oh. and then hooking up tableau to those databases and then visualizing it so i'm starting to shift oh. from yeah doing Data analyst and data engineer work is kind of where uh, my day-to-day kind of looks like right now. Question for you. Would that be similar to Quartz Composer? Where oh, yeah. Basically building a dashboard out of like different circuits of information. Yeah, very similar. Very similar. Good to know. And so, yeah. And so that's a little bit about what I do or what I, you know, the day-to-day looks like and what I've been doing this year. And I got some really cool work that I think you're going to find really interesting coming up. I can tell a little bit about, um, so there's a lot of community, um, oh, excuse me, there's a lot of mental health clinics here in the state of Oklahoma, as mm-hmm. we know that like our education's not very good. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't got a lot of funding for mental health and, you know, some parts of the state are very, very like poor. Mm-hmm. So we'd have a, like mm-hmm. a, definitely a mental health problem within the state. Crisis. Think, yeah. Crisis because it is a we crisis. Could, <laughs> we could say that for sure. And, um, so a couple years ago, on a federal level, you might know about this, actually, and we might start jamming and talking a lot about this, but there was an initiative and a, you know, kind of a program that was created to help, um, I think there was maybe 13 states that signed up kind of as the beta trial test run. And what they are doing is they are reporting with data on nine specific measures called QCI, continuous quality um, you know, improvements, essentially. And mental health clinics that report on these nine and meet a couple other like, criterias can apply at a federal level to get this designation called a CCBHC, mm. which is a certified community behavioral health center or clinic. And Oklahoma is one of those states that's in this program. And a lot yes. of these. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. And so this is what most of my work revolves around, Ashley. Is like this kind of, yeah, is this kind of stuff. <laughs> What, yes. What fulfilling work. Wow. It's pretty cool. And if I left education, it was like, I want to do something where I can still like make an impact. Right. That was oh, definitely huge. a criteria. And so these mental health clinics, as you can guess, they just don't have the skilled um, technical IT workers as far as like data professionals go mm-hmm. within their companies to um, maybe achieve this um, CCBHC. So we have, like my company that I work for is a DCO. It's a designated collaborating uh, organization mm-hmm. that is going to work with a lot of the mental health clinics in the state of Oklahoma to set up reporting on their data. And that's going to be done through Tableau and dashboarding uh, to report on these nine measures to the federal government. And then they should be able to receive funding in um, pretty much direct relation to their reporting. And we're going to help them get these kind of uh, certifications so they can become CCBHCs and give Oklahomans better care through mental health. That is incredible. And also I want to talk about the 
benefit of like job creation there too because I have a feeling that a lot of people will learn from this process whether that's mm-hmm. learning how to you know input data or learning a new programming skill like that right there I think is really powerful kind of like a nice cycle in, in a positive way that's really good to know thank you so much for sharing that yeah and I can't you know share too much about that like on the day-to-day just because it's so much PHI kind of information HIPAA and things like that um, but it's nice to talk about like the overall project and like you know, the 30,000 view foot of it up in the, you know, overhead and things like that. 100%. And um, for everyone listening, that's maybe in Canada or in another country, um, Oklahoma smack dab in the middle of the United States. And uh, yeah, we're, we're not really highly ranked in education, but we're, we're working on it and, and working on mental health as well. And um, the good news is, is that in the USA, we have a new mental health lifeline. It's the 988 line. So if you or someone that you know is experiencing a mental health crisis, uh, 988 is a good line that will get you connected immediately to resources and get you help. So I um, wanted to put that out there. Um, but Travis, I, this is amazing. And I feel like I could have an hour long conversation <laughs> with you or more, but I want to, I want to kind of circle back around to how do you, how did you get involved in the world of data visualization? Can you tell us that story? Yeah, that's a great question. And hopefully um, some of your listeners find it inspiring. Um, I would assume most of them are going to probably be a technical crowd, but if you do have listeners who are maybe a little bit more low tech or low code or not as savvy with the tools. Um, definitely inspiring story. So I was teaching at the time. Um, I believe I was on both campuses for a while. I was teaching simultaneously at one school during the day and then going to the other college campus at night to teach night courses. Wow. And yes, and it was really fun before obviously like, you know, C19 kicked up and then like as the pandemic progressed, it just wasn't like as enjoyable. And you know, just enrollment was down and just, you know, class sizes were down. And the, uh, one of the presidents at UCO or the president at UCO had a big meeting with all of the departments, um, would call us in at one. At, well, we were, it's funny. It was, we'd actually did on zoom cause it was like, you know, middle of pandemic and, but we would meet with all the professors, university chairs and heads, and then like the president themselves. And she kind of just came to each, uh, department one by one in a different zoom meeting was like kind of explaining and you could look it up. I mean, UCO has been having some serious budget issues for a while mm-hmm. and she kind of like tipped us off to that. She said, you know, um, you know, just like budgets not looking good and wasn't saying she, we were, a lot of us were about to get fired, but like I could kind of read between the lines and mm. I was adjuncting at that time. So I was nervous. I was lower maybe on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. and so. Before just finding out and just like getting axed one day, I was like, I need to be proactive and look for something new. And so literally the next day I'm on LinkedIn and I see that Google had just um, released all these new professional cert- like certifications um, literally that week. I think it was like Wednesday when I was on LinkedIn and they dropped on Monday. And so they offer them through Coursera. And I think originally they had only an IT kind of professional or support. Mm-hmm. and um and that was like the first one that they did and then after uh they they re- they released a whole bunch more ux design data analytics um project management and android development those were the four that they dropped that one week wow and i was a graphic designer so i probably i probably should have went into um ux design but mm-hmm. 
I looked at all of the courses and saw that data analytics paid the best. And so that's the one that I enrolled in. And wow. So <laughs> and so the next day I was on my way to becoming a data analyst through that Google Analytics certificate. And that was through Coursera. Wow. And um, I had some data entry, data entry experience in Excel before that. Um, and to be honest, I kind of thought it was a little bit lame. I really didn't enjoy it. And then I got to the t chapter on Tableau and then I realized that we could visualize data and that's what kind of helped me push through the certificate and the specialization because working in just spreadsheets wasn't really doing it for me. And then we got to SQL and super fun language for sure. But, um, you know, it's just select from where it's pretty much, <laughs> it's pretty that's much the so language. Interesting. And so, wow. yeah, and I, and I really wasn't having that fun with like the right, you know, or whatever the side that's the more like logical one. I was wanting that like creativeness as a graphic designer and once they showed me tableau and i was like oh i can do this because i can take the business acumen and kind of combine it with graphic design and really help businesses like move the needle and that's really what hooked me in and that's how i got into the world of tech and mm. um was really through that google data analytics course oh, that's such a cool origin story yeah, and it's kind of crazy. I mean, I've always been a tech kid. I grew up in the country where like we didn't have neighbors and I didn't really like to play outside. So I was like gaming and like always on the computer as soon as we got internet and things like that. Um, but I was never like a script kind of like kitty where, you know, never did command line stuff essentially. It was always kind of just like a someone who liked to either create on the computer or just use it to entertain themselves. So you know, a lot of millennials can probably relate to that as far as being like kind of techie just because they used it. Um, and so I just had to kind of learn how people were making these things and uh, started to learn like just a little bit of computer science basics as well. But uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a certificate specialization kind of kid that came up and, you know, I'm making double what I was as an educator a year ago, which is crazy. That is wild. I yeah. love, 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 love the story for so many reasons. And thank you for sharing it. Yeah, my wife just... is retiring next week. <laughs> hey, that's exciting. Congrats to your wife. Yeah, Bravo. she's quitting. She's quitting. I got a raise, so she's heading home. <laughs> Congrats. That's awesome. But like, what a great one. You you turned a potentially negative situation to like oh, yeah. a situation where I, I have the power to change this and you did. But like, mm -hmm. What a beautiful intersection of graphic design background and data visualization. Like if I take a step back and think about that, I couldn't think of two more complementary fields. Yes. And that's the coolest thing about graphic or uh, data analytics is that you got to know kind of a lot of different things, to be honest. And I had a whole bunch of really disparate skills from my past that I was not able to combine in any shape or form to be profitable or valuable to society and it wasn't until i found this kind of career and profession that i was able to like tie in all those past experiences and like still be able to use things i had learned way long ago and you know just kind of bundle it and package it into one nice you know you know package or you know box which is really cool so and, and Coursera too like the fact that you I mean I feel like the internet obviously has democratized access to knowledge mm -hmm. and education yes, if you want to yes, learn yes, anything yes. You can literally go on the internet and do it. And that's what you did. And I love that. Yes. Education should be free. It's weird. I was a teacher for so long and I just did not like the fact that there was this application process and you had to have a bunch of money and the class sizes were at a certain place, a physical place with a physical cap on it. And in my opinion, like 
you know, information should be available to all and, and the classroom should be, you know, not have walls and uh, it shouldn't cost, you know, you shouldn't have to have rich parents or whatever to, to get that education. So, um, you know, it's really weird that I taught in college for so long, but I'm such a believer in, um, you know, more accessible edu- education, like you said, and um, not gatekeeping on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to our local libraries, the last yeah. physical structure where you're not expected to buy anything and, and you can freely access information. So if you're listening in the U.S. or actually anywhere, uh, check out your local library and learn, learn some stuff. I think I really think we're seeing this interesting transition, at least here in the U.S., of th- this excuse me, college education is no longer the same thing that it meant, I would say, 50 years ago, right? You can gain these skills with experience. I mean, there are, of course, going to be certain professions, like if being the medical profession or an accountant, where you do have to have these certifications and um, experience. But with technology, I think there's more opportunity for people. And especially with hybrid work being here to stay mm-hmm. it provides more opportunity for people to utilize those skills in their home and not have to go into um, a workspace and be able to control their environment yes yes work is becoming less of this like place you go it's more of this thing you do right mm-hmm. i like that yeah if your results driven it doesn't matter where you're where you're physically located yeah and for those who who don't you know or haven't checked out con- Coursera or are unfamiliar with it, a lot of the um, specializations on there are taught by some of the leading um, universities. I mean, you got John, Johns Hopkins on there, you got Harvard and, and um, Stanford and Duke and the rest. So you can get a really quality education online for little to nothing, you know, and some of these places even offer education for free. I mean, check out CS50 on YouTube. You know, yeah, yeah, crazy. It's crazy. They give that out for free. That's nuts. And you just finished it, right? What did you think? Uh, no, I'm like a third through it right now, but it is fantastic. And it has already upped my knowledge of like data, like at a fundamental level, how it's created, how it's stored, how it's moved. Those kinds of things. Nice. Nice. Well, this is a good segue for my next question. Um, did you feel like emerging tech like VR or AR helped you teach data viz to your students? One thing I want to think about and mention here is virtual lytics. It's a software that I used when I was an emerging tech librarian at OU, and it was literally for data visualization and VR. So did you feel like emerging tech helped you teach? Um, So I I wasn't able to teach something so niche as data visualization to my students. I was a little bit more generalist in my graphic design education, and it was kind of just like the fundamentals of design, essentially. Um, So I didn't get to use a whole bunch of VR and AR like in the classroom. Um, but I do have a cool point that I want to bring up about this topic is like data visualization does have this very tricky kind of scenario where they have to cross this very strange bridge for AR and VR in the future. Um, let me kind of explain. It's, they have a hurdle to overcome with the adoption of this VR and AR tech uh, because like traditionally 3D objects that are rendered or printed in like 2D, they kind of a neg- there's kind of a negative effect on like the accuracy, I guess it's a perception type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe if you can think back to if you've been in Excel and you've seen some of those like really horrible 3D bar charts, 
Yes. Um, we all have seen those, right? Um, it's kind of difficult to find the exact percentage of that bar where if you have them kind of um, maybe in a row or kind of like stacked forward and back, um, anything that's, you know, imagine we are in 3D space, a bar chart that's in front of you and one that's a little bit further away from you. The one that's closer to you, even if it's shorter, would appear a little bit bigger, like wider than mm -hmm. something that's further away. Um, which might look smaller, even if it's taller. Uh, and so there's definitely like a little bit of um, a challenge there for data viz and the 3D, because I'm really into 3D technology, love Blender and Unity. Oh, what a great free, freely available tool. <laughs> I'm saying, y'all, CS50 is for free, Blender is free, R is free, Python is free. There's no excuses, you know? <laughs> true, true. You Crazy. just got to have time and patience. Yeah, and that's sometimes time is hard to find, that's for sure. That's for sure. This is um, true. But, but I know in your free time, you like to gameplay, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, before we, we jump into that, um, I do think that some of the interaction that will come with VR and XR will allow business owners to get a little bit more of a 360 view of their data. And like, mm. it's kind of literal, you know, you will be. Um, but have, being able to zoom in on like um, coordinates or something like that, if you have like a really tight cluster of data, um, that could be kind of cool. So I think there will be some awesome use cases for data visualization in that 3D XR, AR type environment. Um, but there's definitely some obstacles and hurdles and accessibility challenges that lay there. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's interesting to think about you know, data visualization in that, you know, 360 way. And I think there needs to be, of course, you have to start with clean data and, and the foundation. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of institutions have an issue with that. And it's, it's about, you know, focusing on the basics sometimes of the foundation before yep. you take this next step into what is that next thing. Infrastructure is everything. I mean, like Absolutely. 80% of my job is trying to like collect data and then clean it <laughs> and like 20% is the fun part of visualizing it. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. <laughs> and I think that with these different types of technologies, if you think about, for example, Toby eye tracking, they're, they're very, they're a known company that makes an eye tracking headset. I, I don't want to misrepresent the data point here, but it's actually, it's massive. It is, the, think of the data points that you get from a phone or a two-dimensional web screen, like, you know, your heat maps of where a person visited a website or looked at, you're, you're gathering the available information off of the sensors on your phone or your device or whatever. And well, with, with VR, there's so much, there's infinitely more. And as these headset companies are building these technologies there's more sensors that can gather more data points from you like what button did you press what was your gaze your positional gaze what were you doing like what were you looking at what did you like look away from you know these massive amounts of data points can tell literally everything about me to uh advertising right uh, if, if someone wants to target me um all the data is there so i really hope that there's um, ethical data collection happening in the future. But I worry whenever you've got singular headset manufacturers like Meta um, being first to market with a consumer 
conveniently priced consumer <laughs> level <laughs> headset. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot to think about there on on data privacy. Yes, and being marketed at at this point is probably the least nefarious use. True, very true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, I mean, real quick, have you seen the video that came out this week that showed um this AI camera that was able to sh like it showed people who were taking pictures on Instagram on the street. It was using like um a CCTV type thing. No, send that to me. Yeah, well, cybersecurity friends sent it to me, but it it was a pretty much a CCTV. You know, so it was using street. You know, cameras you know on public streets and it was some kind of algorithm program that was scanning through instagram at uploaded pictures of influencers in big cities and it would look for that photo and then it, it would go on the cctv footage and like pretty much show that individual taking the photo like as they yeah the what? photo that they post yes yes it's crazy Ooh. it's really crazy so i will send that to you for sure oh my yes oh my that's but when wild. I'm not thinking about doom and gloom, I'm I'm definitely gaming a bit. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow! Sorry, I didn't mean to like dive in there so quickly. That's just wild. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Oh, they pinpointed man. it. Yeah, it's it's startling. Oh, startling. Buckle yeah, up. Yeah, you know what? I I think about that often. Of um, I don't want to go into a tangent, but uh, whenever you take a photo, right? Just like a, mm -hmm. like a random person takes a photo on a plane, on a train, whatever. And if you think about the tertiary data yeah. in those photos, mm -hmm. like for example, I don't know if anyone is familiar with photogrammetry. Photogrammetry has been around for decades, but it's the process of taking photographs of a space or an object and combining those photographs to generate a three-dimensional model or three-dimensional space. So it's a great okay. thing to use if you're archiving um, historical places, historical objects, but there are instances where, for example, recreations of historical objects or places that have been destroyed, they'll take like crowdsourced photographs from people that have gone on their vacations over the years okay. and really recreate something based off of accounts. And they're using the tertiary data from people's random people's photographs to rebuild these things. Isn't that wild? That is pretty crazy. And they're probably using a lot of different photos to do that. Like oh, a lot of different tons. peoples. Right, right. Tons. Yeah. Wildness. Yeah. And um, I want to mention to everyone listening that we've uh, talked about us some resources and Travis has definitely um, given some amazing resources to you all today. So I will be including those in the show notes and we'll mention a little bit more about them um, a bit further along. But Travis kind of shifting a little bit here. I want to hear about what exactly that you're working on that you can talk about that's really getting you excited. Yeah, absolutely. So we are gearing up for that big CCBHC push, like, you know, at uh, at my work, which is uh, pretty much the predominant, you know, task on hand, which I know we kind of dived into that as well. Um, you know, but in my spare time, I do enjoy making, uh, recently I've been trying to program better on C Sharp and learning Unity software. Nice. And so hopefully in the, in the future, you can play some very chill indie games for me <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited about those uh projects as well um you know what i'm saying so but there's a lot you of a virtual high five for that because if anyone is listening another job security is learn unity yeah, um, because who knows? xr development is is not going away and the metaverse is going to be 
a $30 billion industry by 2020, 2025. Isn't that and wild? You, yes. And Unity Technologies will be at the forefront of that, right? 100%. Yep. But, and, and um, Python, your knowledge of Python comes in handy for that too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, a lot of Unity programming is in C-sharp, but I mean, Python is like that language of the future that a lot of companies are placing really, really big bets on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so going all in on Python is definitely never a bad choice, especially in this climate, for sure. Um, there has been a lot of really cool innovations, though, in data viz this year that I like to talk about. Yeah. What What are your favorites? Tell us yeah. your favorites. So there is this this uh, this gentleman named Kirill Binzi, and he's going to have a link in the PDF that I gave to Ashley and everyone who's listening to the podcast. So you can go check him out. He has a YouTube channel as well. He's on LinkedIn, um, but he's a data artist and also an AI researcher. Mm. Isn't that cool? Yeah, really yeah, cool mix. Wow. <laughs> and so obviously he's dealing with really complex, probably big data um, and really complex algorithms and big data sets. And he's able to take some of that data and pipe it through certain um softwares and some of these are emerging tech that are um generating super crazy beautiful data art i mean talking jaw-dropping stunning gorgeous pieces of work and it's so cool to see how um ai you know data you know data professionals are starting to create really impressive works of art through data and it's fantastic and you know we kind of talked about you know, data is beautiful. The subreddit earlier, mm-hmm. where um, it's a great place to get some inspiration and see some cool stuff. But really awesome to see um, these gener- you know, AI tools are generating stunning artworks that articulate and decipher, um, you know, arrays of tones and and dots and shapes uh, that are kind of like mapped according to the nature of that data set. And so the artworks are come out really hypnotic, and it's kind of proving that algorithms have a soul. That's true. That's true. My, I can attest. My my husband has been playing with them for quite 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 some time. I'll I'll hear laughs every now and then, like two a.m. <laughs> <laughs> what are you making? Um, but you you jogged my memory of something, and I want to ask you if you saw it. It was an art installation at Twenty One C Museum Hotels, and I took a picture of it because it was a physical mixed media, um, data visualization art piece. And what it was, was but like a box that was attached to a wall. And what they did is they took um, like LED fiber optic cables and put it on the inside. And then they piped in certain pieces Ooh. of data through it. Okay. And as the data was coming through, it was represented in changes. So as, yeah. So basically you would watch the piece of artwork and it would change colors. Oh. And kind of a shape. Cool. Yeah, so, it was wild. So it was like... Ex- you were seeing fiber optic cables like transmitting data essentially. Yeah. Oh, that's really like they sick. were they were doing it by like uh, color visualization. Oh, that's but the special. way that they were layering together made it look like the data was traveling. It was fabulous. Um, I'll have to send you a picture. I was just curious if you happened to see that when it was in town. I'm not sure if I did, but I've been to the museum. Uh, lovely place. Everyone should go check it out if you're local. Um, but I don't know if I saw that exhibit in particular. So I'd love to see that material if you could forward it over. For sure. For sure. Um, well, lastly, before we kind of wrap today, um, I feel like we should do another podcast episode to talk about this. Uh, maybe I'll do a, bin, um, a mini a mini-sode. Um, but Travis, can you tell us 
what kind of resources would you have for those listening that want to learn more about data visualization? Yo, absolutely. Um, so check out Coffee and Code for the resource. They'll have all the goodies. Uh, but I compiled a PDF for you to browse through, and it's got some of my favorite tools, uh, some really cool data art tools as well in there, tools that I use on the daily. Um, but you also are going to find, and this is probably something I would recommend everyone to do just to brighten up their day with a little bit more beautiful data, is go to Tableau's public page, uh, public tableau.com and subscribe to visit the day every day you'll get a um, email sent to your inbox with a really cool visualization that a data viz designer made on tableau and shared and you just find some really super interesting stuff of people combining the program of tableau with graphic design and with data like at least i would say at least three to four different softwares go into making each one of these visualizations minimum to be likely but underneath that inbox you're gonna or underneath that pdf you're gonna see an inbox inspiration with some of my favorite um data viz and data related um subscriptions to newsletters so you just go through that list subscribe to like eight or ten different visualization and data uh newsletters and you're gonna have your finger on the pulse and know exactly what's happening in the community and in the industry at any time uh, I did also include a couple of my favorite authors uh, for books and just visualizations as well. A lot of female data visualization, uh, you know, data professionals are on there and they're just killing it. I know I mentioned Creel earlier, but pretty much everyone else on the list is female. And I think there's some really talented ladies out there in the data viz scene. Um, also, a whole bunch of links to how to get involved if you are a data professional and how to use your skills for good, um, how to donate. Maybe some of your data viz or programming or um, just, you know, your IT or, um, you know, tech skills to organizations. Um, you're also going to find a couple links on competitions to stay competitive and stay sharp on your data skills from cleaning data to visualizing it and remaking really bad, horrible visualizations into good ones. So there's <laughs> all types of things in there to just find community and to brush up on skills or to be inspired and just a lot of different rabbit holes you can go down with this uh, resource guide that I'm going to give to Ashley. I love a good rabbit hole and I'm sure our listeners will as well. Thank you so much for putting that together. It was my pleasure. And I really want to say thank you for having me on the show and really appreciate your time and let me speak to your audience here on Coffee and Code. Oh, Travis, thank you. Um, I'm just so I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed. And um, I've, I continuously learn something new from you. I feel like each week I follow you on Instagram. And for everyone, I'll put I'll put Travis's Insta handle in there so you can follow him as well. Um, but yeah, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for being a student of life. You know, we're lifelong learners and for cultivating that knowledge, but also showing and demonstrating that anyone can own their career path if they want to they've got the keys to it um uh, so thank you for all that you do and thanks for coming on the show and uh telling us something new absolutely thank you for having me and uh, have a great night ashley thank you if you enjoyed today's episode of coffee and code share it with a friend 
You can also support this podcast by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and you can also share it on social media. It doesn't matter if you have five or 500 or 5,000 followers, you have influence. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to be notified when new episodes go live. Thank you so much for listening to Coffee and Code.